yo, yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Diet Size Monday podcast. We are back. We have Ryan Hawkins in the ball building. <laughs> Stepping in for Joel today. Stepping in. I'm a permanent resident now. The new mean? permanent resident here on the block and my normal co-host, Jay Chap. Yeah, Joel's uh, shipped off uh, to the land of snow. Yeah. <laughs> and goats. And cheese. <laughs> He's literally on goats? his... He's, uh, there's a lot of goats, the mountain goats for Switzerland. But uh, yeah, he's off for three months doing a little work exchange. Yeah, and so a big welcome to our guest, Mr. Pierre van yeah. Thank you so much Thanks, for coming. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah, excited for this one. To, stoked to be here. And yeah, I definitely have quite a story to share. I don't think I've actually ever sh- uh, shared my entire story. I've shared pieces of it, but never my whole life story. So I think it's pieces of it, like with friends and family or, or no, something like, like something like yeah. this, where it's kind of more public. Based. I mean, I've no, I've shared with like a lot of media through business okay. ventures mm. and mental health campaigns and all sorts of stuff, but okay. I've never told my whole life story to something. So you heard it here first. You heard it here first, baby. I'm stoked to be here. Welcome to the pod, yeah. So before we get into it, um, obviously, Pierre, you're you're a financial advisor, you're a financial entrepreneur. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you got into that business. I know you started in 2015. Yeah. Uh, Was that the launch of your company or was that your financial career? No, so I, yeah, I had like a crazy sort of intro into the financial services industry. yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest thing that happened with me was my father was very financially successful. He retired when he was about 41 years old. He built a huge fruit business. He sold it. And I was like a brat growing up, like full on. <laughs> I was like that kid. I don't know if you've ever been. I don't know if it's still there. Pegatis toys in the waterfront or something. I remember Pegatis. that. But like remember every that. Sunday, I would be screaming in there like, I want a new toy. I want a new toy. <laughs> and my dad and we had all the cash and like whatever. And uh, what we were, fruit was it? Just out of curiosity. Uh, citrus. Uh, nice, yeah. So nice. he supplied like a lot of the shop. Uh, well, the majority of shop rights actually. Okay. Yeah. Where okay, in nice. Citrus Where was he set up? No, his uh, his cold storage was Epping and at the airport. Okay. And nice. I think he would. So buy, was he in distribution? He would, not yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. He would buy oh, from yeah. the farmers. Yeah, and yeah. yeah distribution of so like the middle. Person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wholesale, 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 and uh, yeah. I mean, that was my life growing up at Saks with Maker. like most of you guys yeah. and junior school and um, living the high life. And yeah, he he wasn't very clever with his money at all. He sold his business way too early. And long story short, he bought a new business that went bankrupt. So he actually bought a, a business and the books of the business were crooked. Oh, and he, wow. And, and he didn't Happens know, more so, than you think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Crazy. And uh, yeah, so I was 13 years old then. And we went from like hero to zero. So everything was repossessed. Everything. I mean, it was... Shush, that must have been... No, it was it was super hectic. Eh? Um, no it was hectic for the entire family, and yeah, we ended up moving to my grandfather. Um, pretty much grew up with him, like shared a tiny little room with my brother. So and how old were you when this all happened? Probably grade was, seven, huh? Yeah, grade grade seven. Yeah, yeah grade seven. Are you guys similar? Were you at school together? It's two years below us. Two yeah, years two years below. below yeah, ninety-one. Yeah, ninety-one. So yeah. right in the middle of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it was it was hectic. Eh? Um, mm. I was like when that happened, I started mountain biking and, you know, sax is quite traditionally like water polo or rugby. Yeah. yeah. And I was always a or good rugby uh, or cricket. Yeah. And I was always a good rugby player and a good cricket player. 
And I remember actually in grade seven, there was like rugby player of the year award. And I was like this little redhead on the, at the end of the year. And I think it was Mr. Anderson or yes, something yeah, still then. Yeah. He was like, you are the rugby player of the year. I was like, yay. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but it's, but, but, but yeah. And, small things, yeah. and, and all this stuff happened. And I, I was introduced to mountain biking through a friend of mine, the first friend I ever had at Redham, and he's still one of my best mates. And I had a knack for cycling. I had a knack for mountain biking. I could maneuver a bike. And um, I went to my first ever Western Province Cup race. I think it was in Stellenbosch, Eden Forest, like way back in the day. And I won the under 14s, no you know, and I thought, shit, like this is probably something like I've got a talent in and I prefer it over rugby and cricket. Just a beast cardio or like downhill? Full downhill, full sand, got all the scars to prove it. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, yeah, and I think, you know, like... Was that transition like happened, like you said, during the whole downfall of the family? And yeah, was, was that totally. kind of kind of like a scapegoat for you? Totally. At, at a stage? 100%. Then? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think the thing with... Uh, with cycling or downhill mountain biking is it's so individual it's you especially in downhill you get one run mm. and you make one mistake you second mm. and or i learned from you dead or, <laughs> or or you're colliding into a tree at 50ks an hour and that's why i don't have feeling in my hip but um <laughs> but uh what was great like moving schools they they really supported that and they and i find a lot of um i found, I found a lot of comfort in this mountain biking thing to try escape from all this trauma from a family point of view and like mm. moving. I think we moved like seven times in yeah. three years and just seeing the stress, both my parents were under the marriage was under yeah, um, the relationship sure. with my brother. And I found like a lot of solitude in escaping into the mountain and doing my thing for three hours every afternoon after school also and just like a gel and junkie as well just oh, like totally, getting, getting that blast coming through as well yeah and it and, and like you know my whole high school career it was man i had like so i had such low self-esteem like in school and i still even my posture like i on i sometimes have to remind myself like to open up because mm. i was molded into being so uh, individual uh, with my sport and going through all this stuff and it was hard it was you know it's like the class like like I had very limited amounts of friends I had maybe two or three good mates uh like no girls were interested I was very I was like I was completely you know just on my own I had my bike and I learned from a very young age uh what consistent hard work like or how consistent hard work and reap benefits whether mm. it's like professional personally mentally physically whatever any shape or form yeah exactly and yeah i mean i i focused on that career for my whole throughout high school i was South african champ numerous times wait sure. so you went from uh sax to rhythm yeah or, yeah, okay. yeah so you went there what what year was that uh i finished uh, grade seven, I went to Redham. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. So the whole high school at Redham to Kai. Yeah. And I think I, I, I think I remember you telling me at, at the restaurants because Sax didn't really accommodate the cycling, whereas Redham was like, "Yeah, come on, like man, do do what man, you want to do." We're more traditional school, I guess, yeah. compared yeah. to like the likes of Redham now. Which totally. Most... And I think also like um, we're not going to go down the whole boys' school mentality and all that, but uh, I was always like an odd one out, and like I'm still mates with 
all the oaks that bullied me maybe or whatnot. And like a lot of them actually become clients of mine in my financial planning practice. But I was always very individualistic, quite low self-esteem, low confidence. And I was constantly trying to escape in one way or another and just do my own thing. And again, that's why the mountain biking was so, it was so good for me because, mm. you it's know. It's kind of like a natural progression for 100%. you. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's so funny. I like still tune my mom about it all the time, but she would um, like send an email to the, to, to Redham, like after I won South African champs and like, Pierre won South African champs. <laughs> like you must call him out in assembly. And they would call me out. I'd be like, no, I'd like try to bunk it with all my life. I'd be like, bro, I do not want to go up in mom. assembly. Like mom, please mom, stop. That's mom, you know? that's like totally mom, mom 101. Yeah. That's so. But, uh, but it was great for my development. Eh? And um, I traveled the world racing bikes. Um, so, so. so what, what was the mountain bike races that you were Yeah, doing? downhill for, mountain biking. For South Africa. For South Africa. So, I was the African junior champ. So only, African Red, only Red Bull were bigger back in the day. Yeah. Like, I, so so funny enough, like talking about energy drinks, I was Monster Energy's first ever sponsored athlete in South Africa. Oh, no, no way. Cool. They were brought in by a distribution companies, Zambezi Beverages, if I'm not mistaken. And mm. I was like the first to... So I was like... Back at Redham in grade 11, I was the cool kid then because I had like 48 cans of Monster every month. But I'd bring it to school and be like, how's it, Oaks? Like, yeah, who wants a Monster? Like, yeah. I'm sponsored, you know? Yeah, that's, that's proper, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was an incredible career, but it, that career gave me my first big uh, life upset. You know, I mean, obviously, like dealing with the family, losing all the money and everything. And there was a lot of upset in that. But my first personal upset came through my mountain bike career because I I went to Italy um, I was poised to sort of get a top three for junior world uh, world champs and I got a flat wheel in the first 10 meters oh, yeah. anyway it happens it's it's racing a year later I was supposed to go to Australia it was my last year as a junior downhill mountain biker and two weeks before I was supposed to go the government or yeah like the sports department pulled the fund and they said all you guys and girls are welcome to go but you need to pay for yourself and oh, yes. my family had obviously gone through this thing and we had no money i you know back then monster energy was probably selling a thousand cans a month they didn't have money mm. and i sure, felt like crazy. it had been training six hours a day for four years almost to the point where i dropped out of matric to to pursue this mountain bike career and become the next Greg Minar and all this. And yeah, two weeks before world champs, after all that training, I couldn't go. And yeah, it was a huge blow. Yeah. It was yeah. a massive upset. Did they and give you a reason for why they pulled the funding? They did the right. same thing to the water polo team. Yeah. A, yeah. yeah. There was the no reason. The water polo team, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was, uh, that was my first big shit. How I did was, you deal with that? I was 17 years old then. Um, and... I was over it. I was super over it. It was, I was defeated mm -hmm. and I sold my bike within the matter of a month. I told all my sponsors, Adidas, uh, Maud bikes, a couple of other, uh, good sponsors. I said, guys, I'm sorry. I, I can't do this. Yeah. Like what, what, what is the point of this? I almost dropped out of school 
to pursue this full time. And sometimes I still think back. Sometimes I'm riding on the road, like, you know, we road mm. cycle now, like yeah. the opposite of what I used to do. <laughs> Unless I'm like descending Constantia Neck at like 60 k's an hour, which I freaking love. <laughs> but um, Brings back some old yeah, memories. Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my mission in Cape Town is to get all the comms and the descents. Yeah. Like, <laughs> stuff, stuff climbing. Like my heart rate can't do I'm too heavy for that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bitter disappointment. And... It was just hectic. I mean, it. This was now just before the end of matric, and you know, my my vision was always to go race overseas and be a professional athlete. Mm. And the likes of Greg Minow, like you said, hundred yeah. percent, and sold the bike and took a gap year, which actually meant nothing. I meant fiction on Tuesdays, which was a draw. <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't. Mm. I love that. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I can't complain. We had we had yeah. lots of fun and. You know, like the family started recovering a bit with money, so I could say to my dad, like, I need a hundred rand, yeah. like, which could back, get, yeah, back, I mean, back then. then you can buy yeah. ten black labels for hundred rand. Yeah, 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 it was a great time. And yeah. huge, you know, all all those stories one, from that. One, yeah. one rand a brand at Chrome. Bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, full, full on, bro. Yeah, it was literally it was yeah, And yeah, I mean, it's um, that was my first major upset and. You know, before I came here, um, I mean, I'm I'm still in therapy every week. I see a therapist, and we'll get into that since then. Down. No, no, no. Like uh, yeah, some other, we'll, some other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah some yeah. other stuff. We'll yeah. get into it. And um, I've been through a hell of a lot for a 32 year old. Uh, a lot more, I think, than most people should have gone through. But I've been able to help a lot of people through my own pain, my own experience, my own healing, mm. and I'm very open about it. And that's why. I, I was excited to come chat yeah, to you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you being mm -hmm. open you know? about it. And yeah, I mean, you know, that, that gap year happened and like... Was the gap year like kind of like a write-off? Was it just all such, such a write-off. For the overseas, <laughs> that means partying. No overseas. No, I'm saying for overseas listeners, joling equals partying. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, was, it was like a proper, I did nothing. Like what really? a... Like literally, I think my mom sent bang, me bang. to... Yeah, like my mom sent me to... Um, What's like a career psychologist? Like three times. Like, what is Pierre gonna do with his life? Like, he was always an athlete. He's like, like matric. Like, I cruised through matric. Like, yeah. I didn't. I've never studied in my life. I've never studied like for an exam. I always studied in the morning in the car. Jeez, I wish I had that. But I'll be talking like photographic memory. Yeah, or? but I, I do have a, a bit of a photographic memory, and I think that obviously helped me. So I actually passed like fully, properly, and um, yeah, I mean. I, I did this whole gap year thing and I, I then decided to go to uh, Vega to, to nice. study advertising. My sister or, was at Vega. Yeah, nice. to like study marketing. But I mean, it's yeah. like the most generic put, yeah, thing. Yeah, put something yeah. on the sheet. You know, I'm like, on the sheet, yeah. oh, well, I got to study something. Let's yeah. go to like the place where all the cool kids go and all the hipsters go. Yeah, and exactly. I remember getting there and, you know, and um, yeah, um, just meeting all these like alternative people and everything. And uh, yeah, I lasted... <laughs> two months there yeah. I lost it two months marketing stuff uh, well it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah I yeah. dropped to the cellies it was so ambiguous it was nothing like what is the answer it was like maybe you can think yeah, about this and if abstract. you think about that I'm like what what's you're more business? like brick mortar lay. no no what a business so I was like what's the business plan it's eight steps it's very easy yeah, like, what exactly. is marketing and I was like where the hell was this in the, I, I don't know where what's up where I'm as I study for this now exactly where does this exactly. question come from yeah. <laughs> hated it and uh uh, no yeah, credits I mean, at the table. No, I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, you know, all credit to Vega and the advertising schools, but uh, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I 
look i've i've always i think maybe from because downhill mountain biking is so individual i've always had trouble taking like orders from people whether it's like a mm. teacher i've always been like bro i can do this i know how to do it like just let me be and it's developed through my whole life and i've, I've learned to undo that you know mm. and uh, i lasted two months and i was walking down bree street and like dude now think of me eh? like i'm i was like a mountain biker like super pale red hair like freckles like just like an odd looking dude, like a hipster. You know, I spent that uh, gap year at Fiction and Assembly with my little film camera, like, ooh, you know, making my little blog, like, dude, like cringe, like absolute cringe. You know, I think yeah. back now and I'm like, please make sure that blog isn't like live anymore that I made, like on Tumblr or whatever it was. And um, yeah, I was walking down Bree Street and like some dude approached me. He's like, hey man, like you should really like think about modeling. And I'm like, bro like all the models are like six foot three like jack german dudes with like the beard and they're like no, no no like we really think you should come in and like do some photos so i was like well it sounds better than like if i can travel it sounds better than like going to vega and just being like super bored every yeah. day so i was like oh sure bro i'll do that and uh, next thing i knew i was sent to london paris milan and tokyo and i spent two years nice. traveling the world working as a fashion model full-time wow um Jeez, crazy what? experience and i honestly yeah. still to this day i believe it was the best thing for my personal self-development because i've i'd come from a place of being so insecure and so unconfident and so like such low self-esteem like in in high school like i said no girls talked to me here yeah? i had my two buddies and i had my bike and i was yeah. like this is me for the rest of my life you know and through being exposed to like various international markets and like the magazines and the campaigns and going out and being treated like royalty, it like really boosted my, my self-confidence because I, mm. I, I always felt I had this, this voice. And I mean, you can see I love to speak mm -hmm. yeah, and it's yeah, the yeah. same with my financial business. Mm. I'm, I love it. Like mm. I'm obsessed, you know, yeah. and it was, it's something that like exposed me to what I was worth which is also sad because like we're actually all worth quite a lot, mm -hmm. you know? And 100%. Um, so, so yeah, it was like an interesting journey, but I, I mean, I remember doing the year and a half of modeling and I remember flying back from Tokyo and I arrived at the airport, my mom and dad fetched me and I was, I'm like 96 kilos now. Like I feel this is like the strongest I've been. And I weighed 62 when I got back. And you like, were 6'3"? 63 62 kilos you weighed 60 but now you're 96 yeah so now I think sure. of me like 30 kilos less yeah, yeah. like absolute skin and bones yeah. i think like, rory remembers you at that yeah cause exactly she's, i was like oh, i'm going with pierre for the moves like i remember him and yeah. i was like no he's jacked he's like no no not the same person mm. <laughs> I'm like, Dude, i was so huge. i was so tiny really? i was like so skinny so fragile and was that the modeling was that the modeling time totally. yeah. was, so yeah. was that was that runway or was that just shoots i did or? i did runway i did a lot of prints like a lot of editorial um crazy industry yeah. messed up industry way more for women than men mm. um never agreed with any of it it was more an opportunity to travel the world and make a little bit of money and yeah. you know 20 years old like living in tokyo in a penthouse going to every club for free yeah. not having to pay for a single cent um great times why not what yeah. was the model who what, what modeling agency was that so in tokyo uh, cape town was 
boss models okay so it was two boss there, there was like so many different agencies no no sure, you know, so every country local one, yeah. Yeah, every country is a different agency and i remember getting back to cape town and my my mom pulled me aside it was like you look sick and i was like <laughs> i was like i i am you know i'm i'm like literally and it, it uh, you know it, it was never like a forced thing to not eat but the the it just you don't train you don't train when you modeling yeah. like especially in fashion modeling like you need to be like as skinny as possible yeah. and you like the little runway model like little robots and i made this decision i said this is i mean this is not who i meant to be like if i mean none of you guys have met my dad but big pier is a freaking unit yeah. he's like 150 <laughs> kilos kickboxer like he's just like a big boop but i mean <laughs> but he's a legend still you know, yeah, he's a, yeah big afrikaans boy you know like, yeah. and um i i phoned my agents at boss and i said bro i'm sorry i can't i this is not me it's it's not what i, I don't know what i want to do with my life but i can't do this and i think like the next six months all i did was lift weights I went to the gym every day. I did this thing called like German volume training where it's like 10 by 10. So it's like 10, 10 sets, 10 reps of like, as heavy as you just can go. as heavy as you can go, like bench, yeah. pull up, like isolated. Almost like complete, army training. Complete. Exactly. Yeah, it's too. like army training. I've heard and about dude, this 10, 10 story. I still to this day, I love the Woolworths, like chicken schnitzels, bro. <laughs> But like when I, but, but, but when I did this training, I would smash like, because I was so underfed yeah. and so like malnourished, <laughs> smack those things like no tomorrow, eh? schnitzels, like thank goodness mom and dad could like afford to pay for like these chicken schnitzels on brown bread. Yeah. I would like toast the bread. And I went from 62 kilos to 108 in two years. Just, just, just double, completely right? much. Yeah. like. Yeah like stupidly yeah. you know no roids no supplements i think i took um creatine monohydrate in my in my whey protein Nothing i was wrong. like i was like Whoa, this is so like rebellious like, my little, and my mom was like what is this powder what is this powder your dad bought you from clicks i'm like it's creatine <laughs> you know and um and no cycling at that point no cycling like still completely off the bike and just weightlifting. um and again, like part of my personal development, I think maybe because of my father, I got into the whole kickboxing thing. And to this day, on and off, I've been doing that for 10 years. But I spent a good two or three years after the modeling focusing on martial arts. And I, I found a lot of, again, to boost my self-confidence, always being like quite a weak um, masculine energy and being like quite soft and not ever wanting confrontation. I wanted to throw myself in the deep end and to be uncomfortable. Mm. I wanted to get clapped around a bit, you know. I remember the first time ever sparring and being clapped there. And even with your headgear on, it wasn't lacquer. Mm. Like, I really didn't enjoy it. Oscar's, I was like... Oscar's going through that now with his mm. little boxing career. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, but, but, yeah, but, yeah. but the first time is horrible. I took a hard kidney shot that I had to drop knee and be like, no, no, no. <laughs> but, 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 but that happens. That's the yeah, same. I remember yeah. I got a bit cocky. Um, because I was sparring every week and then this uh, Congolese boxer came, professional boxer. And I was like, my brother, like my arms are so long, I'm going to jab you all day. <laughs> bro, this oak knocked me so hard and it was like the most humbling experience of my life. With the whole gym watching, I had to be like, I give up, like I can't. <laughs> yeah. you know? and, and, it's, and, and so yeah, so again, just maybe backtracking, like I've been, I've had all these experiences that have kind of 
made me uh, who I am today yeah. right and it's uh, and it's crazy because i'm i can't see anything financial in there <laughs> yeah so 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 what's exactly what's, what's so, you doing for yeah. finances once you go back yeah so yeah. so, so, so exactly. crazy but i'm excited no 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 exactly so <laughs> okay so yeah let's um so yeah obviously got back from tokyo lifted weights for six months and my father obviously a natural born entrepreneur albeit like successful and failed um i was fortunate because he never forced me to study and I, know, I I can't study. I mean, I've studied now to get mm. like what I have to, to yeah, be yeah. in my industry yeah, yeah. because of like continuous professional development. Or your C CPI it's, points. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I've always been a people's person. Well, not always, actually. I mean, obviously from the school, but after the modeling, I, yeah, yeah. I, I started learning how to talk to people and I enjoyed dealing with people, right? And... I was lifting weights and living it with mom and dad and they were starting to like recover financially and um, I had to look for an opportunity. And yeah, I mean, I, I never once thought about finance. I was like kind of helping my dad with his fruit trading business in Uganda at the time, like went there, went to Zimbabwe, like quite a vibe and everything. But How never, old are we now? Uh, about 23. That's still young. Yeah, 23. Um, started like a little uh, a little clothing initiative. Like I used to, also like probably my first entrepreneurial experience. It was called, um, what was it called? Eco for Africa. And like I had this idea from Uganda because in Uganda, all the Americans and Germans send their used clothing to Africa as donations, but they're actually sold into the informal markets because people only buy secondhand clothing in Uganda mm. and mm. even West Ghana, West Africa, because they can't afford new clothing. Yeah. Mm. So I had this whole idea. I was like, yeah, so I did that for a year and I, I got like a lot of good media coverage and it was like a good way to give back to people. But I was like, you know, I think because of what I went through with my family, like I, I need to make money. Like I, sure. you know, I need to make money and, you know, going to Redham and like, yeah, look, a, a lot of people very fortunate, a lot more fortunate than I am. You know, they're studying business science honors and they're like in London and everything. And I was like, shit, man, like I, I need to hustle. Like I hustled in my mountain bike career. That was all my own, my own doing. Mm. No one ever, that, was, that is my own talent. It's my own hard work. The modeling thing, yeah, I got lucky. I got scouted on Bree Street, whatever, but I, I made it happen. And I think because of the trauma that I experienced as a growing up through like a family with nothing and having to share dude i'm not joking this room that i shared with my brother like we still laugh about it today it was like half the size of your kitchen man yeah and it's like yeah. between the ages of 12 and like 16 it is like the most important years of like shaping some sort of like pre-adulthood you know mm -hmm. and long story short so so this guy um Matthew Farker, who hopefully listens to this, and I love him to bits. Shout and, out. Yeah, shout, shout out. out. <laughs> he, he like, he phoned me up and he was like, yeah, like I want to have a meeting with you about finances because he saw I modeled and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, dude, like, I don't have anything to do. I've like, you know, and I kind of flipped the script on him. I was like, oh, you're asking me about finances. Like, so what's your job? Like, what do you do? Like, do you get a salary? Do you not get a salary? Like, what's the industry like? And long story short, like, I was actually sent for an interview at this firm and no finance background. I had a matric, that's all, and a mountain bike career. And I had two big networks, a cycling network and the modeling network. And all of a sudden I was enrolled at Liberty Standard Bank for their financial advising program. And thank, you know, thanks again, mom and dad, because 
you know, I was able to live at home and not have to no pay overheads. for, yeah, no overheads and, and yeah. And, um, you know, the crazy thing is like the crazy thing now, uh, cause now I've been doing this for like 10, I've been doing this for nine years, 10 years. Uh, yeah. And I've been able to help a lot of people. And the reason I'm so passionate and why I'm so happy that I entered the financial services industry is because if my father had someone like me, I would have been a trust fund baby. And he made decisions that could have been avoided if he had a financial professional in his life to guide him to make the correct decisions. Mm. And I carry that with me every single day. And dude, I, I've got a, I've built a, an amazing financial planning practice. I've got 500 clients. Um, I've got a, a, a brilliant team and I'll touch on my, and the, the new venture that I've obviously started, mm-hmm. um, you know, being at this firm for, for eight years and building my practice and then obviously leaving. But I've seen what it's like to have nothing and it freaking sucks. Mm. And, you know, I, 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 I get a little bit frustrated sometimes because people are like, oh, you know, like, Money isn't the most important thing, but money certainly determines a, a, a certain type of lifestyle and a, a freedom. So, yeah, freedom. That, and and it's a it's it's a very a very much a necessary evil. For sure. You know, and I think that is why I just I'm so obsessed with what I do. And again, like we'll carry on with my story, but it, it's become a pitfall in my life. You know, being a, a obsessive or being a just being very hectic with everything i pursue you know um i just want to ask what so from the financial planning perspective so what exactly are you doing for the clients are you looking mm. at it from a holistic view and yeah. looking at the different channels like investments pensions or are you sort of an investment yeah. advisor and no and so so like a financial planner's job is to map out someone's financial life to take them from a to b and to walk with them on that on that journey and uh it's a it's a fascinating industry it's been an industry that's very good to me um or it's been good to me and but it's purely because i really want to make a difference like you it's and and it sucks man because like you know the i think the industry in general and this is like a whole rant i could go on it, it's got such a bad rap because back in the day our parents financial advisors they were it was unregulated. They mm. could smoke policies mm. all freaking day and it would be the worst thing for the client. Yeah. And it's and I, I deal a lot with people's parents. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you young, like 32 year old, you're going to like sell me a policy. I'm like, no, I'm actually here to discuss like the tax liability on your estate, like both locally and offshore. And they're like, <gasps> you know, yeah. yeah. And and it's, it's it's become a lot more professional. Um, Definitely. And yeah i mean look besides like obviously helping individuals and their businesses with financial planning it's 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 really my life mission like it's more the financial education thing and it's and it's financial literacy and it 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 all stems to what i went through as a a child with my father with my parents losing everything Mm. and i think that's where your passion stems from because you don't want want that to happen to someone else i love it and you know what uh, i I'm so, I'm so confident in what I do and I love what I do so much. And I, I literally, I want to deal with people that are serious about making money. I do not chase people. I will go to the ends of the earth to help people and give good financial advice, but I'm not begging for business because I know what I can do. And I know that I can provide extra value 
over but it's taken me a long time to realize that yeah. eh? <laughs> um which i i guess we should probably go into the next phase of life after i started financial i was services. thinking so obviously you got enrolled you're like geez this is what i want to do or you're like actually what's the opportunity here in the financial game like yeah did you want means to an end or when you started realizing that there were these benefits that you could provide people you're like okay yeah man, i mean look that's um, what i want to study because obviously you have to there's levels to it yeah there's levels I'm, to this game i mean look so i think i think let me take it back to the personal side because i think my outlook now on my business and what I do for a living, what I do day to day has been shaped by a couple of significant events after the modeling. So, so I was 23, you know, started as a financial advisor. It's a commission fee based business. There's no basic salary and you've got to grind. Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing it now, like starting my own firm and having uh, six people with me and you know, they, I ask them every day, I'm like, do you have meetings today? They're like, no, I'm like, you're not going to get paid. You're an entrepreneur and entrepreneurs have to grind. Mm. And you know, we all know it. Yeah. If you want to make money, you got to work. Yeah. If you want to be a strong cyclist, you got to work. 100%. And... Because we I, knew a couple that started it, like, you know, Spenny did it, Stringer tried it Jason out. Wood. Oh, man, they come and go all the time. Yeah, that's Nidri's what I was thinking. The Nidri's been there. The Nidri's. But Nidri's, Nidri's got a bit of a... established. Yeah, established. But like... It's as you say. It's not easy. It's not like cool. Let's just you know. Get yeah, you got to yeah. pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cold calling. One of the worst things in the business. You know, and, and and the crazy thing is, to this day, I hate the phone. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's why I make videos in my Instagram, in my car, on Instagram, talking about finance stuff. Because then people can message me and be like, "I need your help." I'm like, "WhatsApp." I'm like, okay, great. Like, let's <laughs> so much better. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you ask people for money. They know they have like, "Oh, yeah. I've already got this like guy." Said, or I'm doing yeah. this. But I think there's also a taboo, like you said, there's a totally. taboo thing behind it, and people don't want to reach out because people have been rinsed before. Totally. Hundred so percent. Like, and you say the Bali's got rinsed. Yeah. My no, dad's exactly. got a few policies. But, yeah my dad as well yeah 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 Yeah. and there's also that fine print that we don't you know not everyone reads and at the end of the day you know you get rinsed and i can can understand the hesitation from people of course not. but it's nice to debunk that through instagram stories yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so i want to know about the tax i think yeah so i want to know about estate duty yeah (laughs) Yeah. so as well (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i mean you know starting this business and working for myself i i think through the mountain biking i I knew how to work hard and you know to become and I don't know a lot of people tell me I don't I, I really I don't give myself enough credit something my therapist tells me all the time because I'm so fucking hard on myself all the time man uh, and well, you're a great cyclist bro. <laughs> I'm actually terrible well compared to most exactly but we'll get into he's that. a beast out there he's a beast let's do though he's a beast <clears throat> so What's that wattage? Re- <laughs> road cycling now. Like, obviously not done well. He's good yeah. on the flats here now as well. Just the flats. No hills, please. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, Too yeah, heavy yeah. for that. Definitely. But um, one thing I learned is if you want to succeed, you've got to grind. And no one's going to give it to you on a platter, right? So when I started in this business, I luckily had networks to tap into. I had the cycling network, the modeling network. And... Um, I did really well. I, in my first, in 2016, no, 2017, I broke like the Liberty record. I read that. I read that. Some, whatever. Top 50 award. If it's I don't believe in any of that anymore. Like I, 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 I hate targets. I, I don't believe in that. What but, was um, that? Like getting clients in? Yeah. Getting business in, getting yeah. business through. Incentive. And how did you do that? Just cold call? Just, just keep people you knew? Full graft there. Yeah. Just, 
And it's where my, where I'll touch on shortly, where my anxiety stems from. Sure. I've got a very long history with anxiety. And yeah, I use it to my advantage. I enjoyed the competitiveness. I enjoyed the scoreboards. The industry is it's not like so much. like a Wolf much. of Wall Street type of vibe. 100%. Almost. Yeah. 100%. It's I'm not even going to go down that road because I've got stories where I've actually done that before and it's not about <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I do it all the time, just say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the game. But, uh, <laughs> not fucking leave it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the industry, is, it's not really like that anymore. But anyway, so. Yeah, no, for sure. So now let's like forward on a few years so i think by 20 was 2018 i'd been working 15 hour days for four years straight and i could feel i felt fatigued i felt mentally fatigued i felt uh, physically fatigued i I wasn't training i was just working almost like a bit of a burnout coming 100 percent. i'd also Got into the crypto world, um, went from 50k to 4.8 million rand, didn't cash out like the typical crypto thing, went back down to 300 sold out, like that emotional pain of yeah, probably making 4.2 so million many. rand at the age of 25. And yeah. Oh, yeah, Hawk went through something similar as well. <clears throat> oh, it's worse, worse story than that. Oh, bro, let's not go even go back there. Yeah. I have no crypto. Cuts M- yeah. deep. MTI. Yeah. Every MTI. single time. Back MTI. Oh, no, I know. We spoke about that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the cunts from MTI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all of you. They Fucking caught him. Yeah. Asshole. They, they caught him. So, Did they catch him? Yeah. In nice. Brazil. Yeah, yeah. in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Nice. So. Well, number many. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, at least he's in jail. Yeah. So. Yeah, and um, this this crazy thing happened. I had a I had a girlfriend at the time, and she was foreign. She was living here, and we went away for this weekend, right? And I was super exhausted. I mean, yeah, maybe sleeping four hours a day, trading, all of that, and yeah, we had this like big jaw. And I woke up on this Sunday morning, and. I had my first ever panic attack. And I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack. Well, I, I thought I was having a heart attack. I was like, I'm going to die. I'm like, should I phone my mom? Should I phone my dad? What should I do? And I had this panic attack, right? And what does it feel like? It's like... feels like you're almost having a heart attack. It's debilitating. Oh, like your warm. chest closes. You can't breathe. Do you get like a P- warm rush through your body? Dude, pins and needles. Like terrible, right? Mm. And it was fine. It subdued in 30 minutes. And I remember the week after that, I went to Bali and the entire Bali trip, I was, I felt lightheaded. I thought I had like vertigo from the plane. I was like, I didn't know where I was. It was like weird. Mm. And I came back and within a matter of three weeks, I completely crumbled mentally. I had panic attacks every day and I became so scared of having panic attacks that I'd get a panic attack. Like full on. And within the matter of shit, man, within the matter of six weeks, I was, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't leave the house. I was too scared to leave the house. I I didn't, I honestly did not know what was going on with me. And just when you don't need the unknown makes it even worse. Dude, it was, it was a mix between a nervous breakdown, adrenal fatigue, I had zero energy. Adrenal fatigue is hectic. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible depression, anxiety, panic, panic disorder. That was my diagnosis. And, Long story short, I, this chick left me. 
she she went back overseas and I moved in with my parents and I didn't leave my parents spare room for two months I, I couldn't drive a car I couldn't walk a meter outside of the front door wow. and that is why even today I'm still damn grateful to even be able to do what I do yeah. because dude it is so debilitating and it, it's I, I, I how, how old were you at this age? I was, this was 2018, I was 28, 28 tw- sure. 29. So I was in the game for Super years. Super successful, yeah. I had my Jaguar F-Type <clears throat> sports car, I had a great but business, you, yeah. I had nothing to complain about, as yeah. people said. But was that a combination of pretty much just not looking after your, your health? Because you, 100%. You push, you've been pushing so hard at work. hard sleepers. 100%. Definitely sleep, sleep balance lifestyle, I guess, and not pushing and sleep and not sleeping every like he said four hours a night. Especially when you're trading, because I know you're trading in the early hours of the morning. Terrible, US trade terrible and for you. And starting in the Aussie trade, I know I did a little delve very deep in, I mean, small and so yeah. but it's like that's what you gotta do. You gotta wake no, up at like sure. five in the morning yeah. just to make a trade. Cause you're like, oh, you know, a hundred percent can be hectic. And I think in this period of being bedridden. For four months, a lot of my pain that I experienced as a young adult and a kid came out. So a lot of the bullying, the failure or the, the disappointments from mountain biking, everything really caught up with me, right? Sure. Because yeah. I think all of us as humans, we ignore, we just push under the rug and we can just keep on going. And it's cool. And like a lot of people, and I see it all the time in Cape Town, a lot of people float through life and it's highly, it's like low frequency and everyone's chilled and everyone's at the jaw and then everyone's working, but it catches up with you, right? And Mm -hmm. um, I remember, and like, I haven't actually shared this on anything public eh? air. This was now probably five months into my burnout, not working eh? Fully at home every day, crying from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. That's crazy. Thank goodness I've got freaking loving parents that were there to help me. Were you seeing a psychiatrist at all? Were they <clears throat> trying to? I, yeah. So I, I, I went to a psychiatrist. I got put on some medication there. And uh, I'm still medic. I'm coming off my medication now after seven years. Yeah. Finally. It's been nice. seven years and I'm slowly coming off. What, what was it? At the moment, venlafaxine, antidepressant for panic disorder. Sure. But I was put on uh, Lexamol and I had a really, the psychiatrist that I dealt with, he was a pill pusher and he said, you're going straight onto hundred milligrams mm. a day, which is a full, which is a, a strong dose. Mm. Never got weaned onto it. Bro, yeah, again, I haven't really shared this. I woke up, this was now like four days into the medication. Eh? I woke up at four in the morning in tears and all I could think about was hanging myself Jesus. full on. That's so like, that's the only thing I could think of there. Yeah. And thank goodness my parents were in the room next door. And I went into that room crying. Eh? And I said, I need, I need help. Wrong, yeah. Like, the, wrong, yeah. this, the, like I, I can't carry on like this. hundred percent. And the next day I went to McKeeso um, in Kenilworth at the clinic. And um, it was probably this, th- those three weeks there was the scariest three weeks of my entire life. I can imagine. And it was also the most rewarding. And when I, when I tell that to people, they're like, dude, that's so messed up. Like you've been through so much. I'm like, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll elaborate. But it's, uh, it was the most humbling experience going to a place like that. What is McKeeso? A, a Kiso is like, it's a mental health, it's like okay. a psych ward, right? Okay. And you, you, it's a 21 day program, very much like a rehab, sure. you know, like a rehab program, but yeah. it's for psych, uh, for depression, anxiety. Yeah. 
and you know there i am like i'm a fit human being like mentally not well but got a thriving business i didn't have to work and i still get a passive income and i i, I go to this clinic here and the people i met there and i'll be in contact with some of them for the rest of my life here and you realize like how fucked up this world can really be here for sure and there's a girl that i met there she was 21 years old she'd lost both her parents in one year and she was waitressing to put her brother through uct Wow. And there I am with loving parents, with a, a business, even when I'm not working, pays me a passive income mm. and I'm there broken. And I just think, wow, you know, Pierre, how grateful can you actually be? And how grateful yeah. can all these people around you be? Because it's a lot harder for the majority of other people there. But maybe that trauma from, from your childhood, you weren't really dealing with it. And obviously it came up later on in life. Definitely, you know? man. Which is, uh, yeah, and I think, I think the, the adrenal thing as well, it's that fatigue is a serious thing. It's bed. Like, I know some people that can be bed, like they've done, that's happened to them. That's, they've physically been bedridden. Yeah. So I know it is. Like, yeah. It's a combination of your health that just, well, I guess, all came at once. Yeah. And just kind of literally Dude, screwed you over. Do you complete bum out. Do yeah. you think it, you felt, looking back, did it phase in? Did you get a little bit anxious, yeah, a little bit anxious, a little bit, and then like the whole thing over months, hundred like, percent went down. And you can only, you can only know these things when you look back at it. And I think no, we can all do yeah. through things that we've we've all been through things, right? Yeah. And it's not going to be the last thing I'm going to go through, and it's not the last thing anyone else is going to go through. Mm. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I remember, I remember leaving that clinic. Eh? It was a Sunday. It was a twenty-one day program, and all I wanted to do was walk around the cricket field in Constantia, the oval, mm. because I was never able to do that when I was bedridden. And I walked around that cricket oval without my parents. And it was like the rebirth and my recovery. Yeah. Nice. And what a liberating experience. And mm. then to be able, I'd, I mean, I lost like, again, lost 15 kilos being depressed and everything. I didn't train and subsequent death on the bike, which I'm obviously still very active on. Right. And, I remember like slowly integrating back into society eh? and I'd come from this super now obviously remember the downhill mountain bike and the modeling like remodeling myself into this like ultra confident businessman with the Jaguar and all that stuff yeah. to just be broken yeah in the matter of a few months and, and looking back was there anything that could have explained that from a medical point of view within yourself or was it just was it, was purely it was purely I think what it was it was a backlog of trauma from all the moving around and the anxiety of having to move houses seven times and the pressure. I mean, dude, racing, just going mm. back to downhill mountain biking, mm. it is gnarly. Mm. Yeah. You make one, if you make one mistake, you second, no. literally. I know that, yeah, you said it's your life's almost on the line. Dude, you, can't, you miss one corner yeah. or you break too hard, exactly. you second. Yeah. But Pierre, to, to just go back to Roscoe's point, can you remember if there was a, an actual tipping point at all? Was there mm. like one thing there that like set you off? There was. So, <clears throat> yeah, I had this weekend away, I think I mentioned. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so also I haven't actually ever spoken about this here. There was, we, we had this big jaw, right? And we were away up the coast and there, there was a, it was winter, it was freezing and there was a fireplace. And there was a there was a candle on the fireplace that was lit, and we, you know we're all doping, we're having like a lack of time, like no drugs, nothing, just doping. 
and uh, see this fire. I, I, I look at this candle. So it's like my parents' holiday house. I'm like, oh, there's like oil dripping like off the fireplace. I'm like, that, that's probably not good. Mm. Obviously, I had a few drinks. So I'm like, I pick up the candle. Obviously, it's fucking hot. And I drop it from about this high. And it lands on the floor and it explodes. Explodes. When I say it explodes, flames go completely up the roof. Jeez, in, in, like, wax, like, yeah. like this far away from here. Flames go up. The, the couch gets on fire. Oh, yes. And I think in that state of being so tired mentally and physically and then having that shock, something triggered. Some chemical went haywire. And I come, I come from a history of depression and anxiety from my parents, my grandparents. So, yeah. I, you know, it is genetic. Okay. But I think that shock is what led to that panic attack the next morning. That's crazy. Because it was an abnormal amount for a human to deal with. Yeah. Too much load. Like too much. Brain. Too mm. much. In a, in a rational situation, being completely sober, not stressed from work, if that happened, you'd be like, oh, yes, okay, fire thing, like get yeah. it, put it out. Yeah. But when you... On edge. On edge. Yeah. Just tipped you over. Tipped me over. That's crazy. So anyway, so, so anyway, so I come... I come out of the clinic, right? And I slowly start integrating back into society. And this is, there's a, there's a big pain point in my life that I'm still dealing with, which I'm going to talk about now. And it's, um, I don't want to delve too deep into it. Sure. Um, I'm, I meet someone, I meet a girl and you've got to understand, you know, coming out of this situation of being, I was so broken there. Mm. I was, like I needed to rebuild my life. I needed to rebuild my business. I took start contacting clients again, tell them why I've been MIA for six months. Yeah. All time low in essence. All time low. Yeah. Again, self-esteem knackered. I meet this girl and it's the first girl that gives me attention, gives me love. And I latch onto that, you know, and having come from naturally quite a few, so. naturally mm. so coming, coming from quite a few failed relationships in the past. I was like, oh my gosh, this is maybe what I need. You know, I've been through so much shit. Like maybe this is going to be the thing that's like the ultimate, like the white picket fence and the mm. marriage and the da 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 da. The dog and all. And the, the dog, yeah, dog and all. I, <laughs> I, I kept the dog, but anyway. Well, I yeah. didn't know about the dog. No, 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 no. So, <laughs> so, the picture. so, and yeah. So, you know, things move dramatically quickly. I get engaged very quickly and how quick we're we talking quicker a couple months eh? six sure. months okay. six months yeah and how old are you i was when was this 2019 eh? just, 2020 just, must be just, before just before covid yeah and yeah interesting to talk about this um have you put the panic stuff behind you in a way or are you, is the medication what's getting you through the days? No, I've no, no, no. I've, I've been, um, I think I've been okay for out like to not have meds for a very long time. Okay. Like for since my divorce, 2021. No, but so I'm saying now when you're getting, when you're oh, engaged. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So, out, yeah. No, so I'm still yeah. on meds. I'm still on meds. Okay. But on like a hundred milligrams or you're now like that's no, too much. I'm still 150, sure. like, no, like the full sure. dose You've like throughout. Um, after I came out the clinic. So for a year and a half, I didn't drink. I didn't drink a single cup of coffee. I used to smoke cigarettes when I was modeling. I didn't smoke zero stimulants for 18 months straight. Brother. And 
I get into this relationship and you know, it's, um, you know, when you, when you've got a chick in your life, you, you operate, mm. I mean, you, you get this like flow of energy and work is good and you like, mm. you want to crush it. And I mm. have the best year of my working career ever. And I break the Liberty record, blah, 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 blah. Wow. And it's great making good money, blah, blah, blah. And I get married and COVID, and COVID happens, right? And I'm not going to talk too much about this, this marriage, but it, but it ended in divorce and I had to deal with a, a very, very, you boys know about it, but like a very difficult double betrayal. Mm. And, and it's been two and a half years eh? and it's, um, I've had to do a hell of a lot of work. Eh? And the crazy thing that I've learned is I got married because I thought there was going to be some sort of completion in life mm. you know so so like literally i think society you know social media society advertising we constantly shown this image of completion it's like school college success mm. wife kids mm. retire die but through my business my oldest clients and my wealthiest clients the majority of them are unhappy mm. there there is no completion I sincerely believe there's no completion in this life. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned through this trauma that I've had to deal with, the, the, the depression and then this betrayal, divorce, and I mean, that's a whole that's a whole nother story on its own, which maybe we can unpack another day, mm. is that there, there's not going to be a completion yet. And I think it, remi- it, it should remind us all that we, we've literally got this one life to live here. And that is why I love writing every morning and why I love sharing my story and why I love my work yeah. and why I really want to try and make a, a difference in this world because that's ultimately what fulfills us. Mm. And I think if we're going to chase this idea that we constantly portrayed like the sports cars and the bling bling and the blah, 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 it's not going to make you happier. And it's, it sounds very cheesy, but like, the satisfaction I get of this morning going to Chappies and looking out on over Chapman's Peak on my bike, yeah. it's like I would not trade it for anything in the world. There's there. a certain it, amount of it, satisfaction it to that. It yeah. is, it is, it is exceptional. And I think, yeah, and it's 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 interesting. We're living in a crazy world where advertising plays a huge role, right? And um, yeah, there's a lot of pressures out there. There's a lot of pressure here, and. I, yeah, I just think that there isn't going to be a completion there. So what, what no. do you say to people that are, are feeling the societal pressure, you know? Because you see it daily. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, throw, uh, throw their opinions at you all the time, you know, how you should live your life. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yeah, look, I think, I think the one thing I've noticed there, maybe because I've been through a, a lot of hard shit, <clears throat> is that obviously life is short and I've become extremely direct with people and extremely honest. And I, I honestly, and I don't mean in a mean way because I always want to treat people with kindness and be sincere, but I honestly don't have time for bullshit here. Mm. And I will always help. I, I've helped the dude. I've had people phone me at like 10 o'clock because I've been open about my mental health journey. I had a client phone me at like 10 o'clock on a Friday night asking me if his life insurance will pay out if he commits suicide. Sure. And I stayed on that phone with him for an hour and he's alive. Yeah. And I'm not going to take credit for it, whatever. But yeah, yeah. No, but you were there. But, to I, but I was there. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. That's the man and, thing that matters. 
and I just man, I think life life is so tough already. Yeah. It is Tell really me. tough, and and the reason I think it's tougher is because people can't. People, well, first of all, people are lonely. People are. I'm very lonely. I've had to learn to be alone. Being single now for a year and a half, like you know, going on dates here and there. I've had to learn to be alone, but life is tough. It is yeah. not what it's painted out to be in all the Disney movies sure. and, and all of that. And dude, you can be the most confident, like forward face, forward facing social media person in the world. Like I've got lots of celebrity clients and influencers. Dude, they also can deal with depression. Mm. They also deal with financial hardships. Yeah. I mean, and it's, um, yeah, I mean, I worked on a super yacht, so I'm talking about the top, top yeah, 1% of the world. None of them are happy. No, yeah. they're like, yeah, I mean, I don't name names so, or anything, but uh, they're just looking for like, yeah. So where do we? They're either cheating, they're divorced, or they, just want their, or they just want their kids to be happy, and then they just want to just relax and chill in the yard, but like not happy. Well, yeah. So where do people find their joy these days? You know, is it in the, is it in those fleeting moments? Like you say, you have to I think you're gonna enjoy the day. But there's, I mean, I, I don't think it's all, you know, mm. bad. I think there's no, definitely there's definitely things out there. I mean, we do have to. We de- it is a beautiful life you can 100%. make for yourself. Like for you sure. talk about now, your positives about how you love your Dude. job, how you love to help people. Think, what you've been yeah. through yeah. has pushed you to there. It's basically what life did to you, so you could make 100%. things better for other people. And maybe that's for where sure. you can take solace and joy. Dude, uh, you know what? Like, I think just I think all of us have to deal a lot with <clears throat> vagueness and ambiguity because we don't know what's coming tomorrow and we kind of like especially if you work for yourself like i you know i write my own paycheck man i gotta work i have to be able to deal with not knowing the future and i can deal with that but i regain my energy and strength from doing things that i really enjoy and spending time with people that i really enjoy i've got a very small tight-knit group of friends i've got tons of acquaintances you know i think like we all we can go around the prom and be like how's it how's it how's it how's it <laughs> yeah but, but, <laughs> but, but I, yeah exactly yeah. but i think you know i really like man i could I, I meet people for a living i mean it's you know chatting finances and stuff but yeah. i i really people i really think people should just take into consideration how short this life is yeah. and like how you really should do things that you enjoy. I think that's why I enjoyed the DC. It's like you get a team of 12 guys. You've got a similar mission, but now you know you've got to train yourself, but also it's for the team. Yeah. And it's like, team, yeah. it's, I loved it. I, oh, that was one of the, like, one of the greatest Just for the listeners out there, the DC. It's a all. double center, 200k rest, which I never thought I'd do. When I did the Argus, I was like, Joel mentioned it to me. I was like, double this, you're crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, you jumped on it. But it was like a common goal. It was like, a, you know, the, yeah. It was and bigger than yourself. Exactly. And you got to finish at least eight strong for the team to have a, a, a number. Yeah. So you got to be there, you know, and you're like, am I going to be like the cracks? No, then I got to train this day, like without anyone, because yeah. I, got, I got to be there for the team. And I think those like, that drove me day to day to like get up, train, go to work. But I was like motivated. But it was for like almost, a, as you say, like friends, team goal of, uh, yeah. of what to do. Yeah. And I think just, I mean, I guess carrying on to my last, the last aspect of me. Eh? I mean, obviously the business is great and starting the firm, Precision Wealth. And man, like the, the thing I love the most is training. And there's like a quote that, I, I remember I read in the, I, I actually received it in the clinic from one of my psychologists and he said like, 
unchosen suffering is the best way to deal with well chosen suffering is the best way to deal with unchosen suffering mm. and it's stuck with me my whole life and that is why i love getting hurt mm. i like endurance training i like pushing my body to the limit 100%. i probably shouldn't be training like and my therapist tells me all the time I'm like dude you should not be training 12 to 15 hours a week and working 12 hour work days and it's a constant it's been a constant thing for me to learn to to balance life like we all do whether mm. you have a relationship or business or training you know because i think i think i actually think us four are all very similar we go full ham like mm. i know one way and it's full gas yeah and i don't give a shit if i'm tired i'm gonna wake up at five this morning the last thing i wanted to do was go cycle i yeah. got up and went cycling yeah 100%. and i freaking love it yeah. why why did yeah. he say like why is the 12 hours of 15 hours of exercise too much is, is, it, is it part of uh, you, dabbling that with the 12 hour uh, yeah is it's, it's it's just for me physically like living on five hours of sleep okay that's yeah. training two hours a day yeah um and then going into a hectic you know so so i've got my 400 500 clients and i've also got a team and a company to build and it's mm. I've yeah, got five a, hours sleep is quite short yeah it's, the, it's short yeah. it's short and man i just think we all are so we're so capable of doing so much with our lives there mm. and it, I, I get so sad when i meet people that are kind of just like cruising through life at a low frequency and they don't really have goals because like mm. and it, it sounds so cliche and I, I don't like saying but like you can achieve whatever you want to yeah mm. like i mean with all my adversity with everything and i don't put myself on a pedestal but and i i need to try and learn to be proud of myself because mm. i'm not proud of myself i continuously look at other people that are more successful in business or that log more hours than me on strava but we can actually like if you're doing the best you can like we can all be so proud of ourselves there yeah, 100%. and and we can be like i mean you, you know look I, I mean especially from a money point of view i deal with people and i i know what like the entire economy is earning and like we you know okay yes there there's privilege that comes with it but we like if you work hard and you do well mm. like you can be damn proud of yourself there for sure and it's the same with training and i'll never stop man like i you know, I, it's, it's, I, I'm going to go through more shit in my life. We're all going to go through more shit. Sure. But, but that's, you know. Is, do you find that the endurance training is a bit of a therapy for you? Almost? 100%. If you yeah. didn't have it, then they'd be... 100%. I'm, I'm cranky. I'm a bit injured now. I'm cranky with us training. Yeah, I, damn I'm right. Like, I'm like, I'm moody. It, it is because it's a form of curing the mind. You know, yeah. you can go out. Like, I went for a, a slow jog today. I mean, it yeah. wasn't fast. And, you know, funny enough, I was at the physio the other day and she's brought something up, which was quite interesting. She was like, why is it always a competition on Strava? She's like, you can run six minutes a K, but now you feel bad because you're not running the 450. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like people are now judging on Strava like it's a social media again. Yeah. yeah. It's that pressure, you know? Damn right. And it's like, I, also, I ran slow today. I was like, I was like, wow, man. And I compare myself. <laughs> and I compared, I'm like, Jay, oh, I, just relax, bro. Just relax. Yeah, Jay, relax, I compare bro. myself every day on Strava. Yeah. Yeah. But you also have to understand, I can't, ride 400 kilometers a week i've got mm. a business to run yeah 100%. i've got you know so I, I i have my friends that are riding 400 500 kilometers a week and for a long time i had to like re you know like reverse my psychology to that because i was like but wait like they work two hours a day i work 12 hours a day yeah. i cannot cycle 500 kilometers a week yeah. i'll end up in the clinic again yeah, yeah. straight away yeah. 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 And, it, yeah but you know what man like i like even through all the shit i just freaking i just think we can all be and also i think maybe being on that cusp of not wanting to live and not wanting to be here 
we can be so damn grateful for this life. Yeah. And I well, freaking love it. I think also we, I mean, obviously we're all similar age, yeah. or, you know, maybe a little bit younger here and there, but it's also the next stage of our lives. We're in that interim period where it's like, okay, we're trying to be successful, but like, do we want to make a family yet? And I think yeah. that, I think I've seen it now with my brother and Brett Aiken, you know, to my yeah. brother-in-law's. Yeah. I think that's the next progression of maybe our careers, not our careers, but our lives is to now have maybe potentially kids. And like everyone who's had a kid, it's like you can't explain the love for this. 100%. Thing. Yeah. And like, obviously, that's maybe that can bring joy, think, you know, in life. And not, I mean, do you want to have kids or is that some I mean, goal? you know, I think also because of <clears throat> what I've had to go through, it's been a long healing journey. Yeah? Sure. 100%. And it's, I'm still I'm still healing. Yeah? Yeah, I do 100%. therapy every week. Yeah. I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of self-developments and I'm very easy. honest with myself and others. It's good. And again, like going back to that loneliness, I've had to learn to be alone. Mm -hmm. I've never been alone there and it sucks, man. Yeah. It really yeah. sucks. Yeah. It's fine it's for a few tough. nights and it's yeah. a luck when you can tune your buddy who's in a relationship. Yeah, like good, like good luck with the missus tonight. I'm like cruising wherever I want. <laughs> I'm on the prom. I'm this. Yeah. But it's... Uh, it's a loneliness beautiful is thing. A killer. Yeah. Loneliness is a killer. It's a killer. Yeah. It's a killer. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, despite what I went through and what I had to deal with, I haven't given up hope. Mm. Like there's someone out there, For you know, sure. and yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, but that's there's different. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. But no. there's another societal pressure. You know, people were saying to like, I can even say for me and yeah. Joey, like now we're 34, you're getting old, like you got to settle down, you know, sure. just like, and that's another thing that I think that people shouldn't have to put their perspective on what you're doing. Of course you, not. You know, so. you know, like, I also would like to wait for the, the right person, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. It's like people always telling you, oh, you got to do this, you got to do more of this. And sometimes I feel that can be frustrating in itself for 100%. a lot of people. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, guys, uh, there's different seasons in life. Eh? I mean, you and you're going to enter a beautiful season of, of yeah. marriage and the excitement of all of that. And yeah. Mm. Maybe we in a different sort of season, you know? Uh, yeah. Different realm. And <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, different, I mean, season, different I, life. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I think, I, I don't know, I guess like my end message is, is just like, yo, man, I'm just so grateful for like what I've been through, regardless of how hard it's been. It's taught me so much. I've been able to help other people. And I've got great oaks all around mm. me that I know I can phone any day of the night and that's really what matters in life and 100%. you can make all the money in the world and I've got clients worth hundred, like hundreds of millions and blah 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 and it's not this end solution For and sure. enjoy yeah, we, enjoy your freaking life man yeah, I want to know um, what's your advice to people that have that oncoming downhill spiral of anxiety and things like yeah, that so I would, I would say immediately get help man like so, it's like, um, how do you even know the onset like you know, someone's working every day, all out, that burnout. How do you realize within yourself that you're in that situation? Yeah, I mean, look, it's there's telltale signs. So insomnia was a big thing for me, not sleeping, not being able to get out of bed, feeling extremely fatigued and lethargic in the morning, being generally anxious and feeling on edge. So things like coffee doesn't help that at all. Mm. Stimulants doesn't help. But alcohol doesn't help. But uh, tobacco doesn't help. But drugs, you know, I've never never been in that realm but doesn't help it yeah um and i just think it, it's getting better over time people are talking about mental health there and people mm. are talking about they're asking their friends if they're okay and i've lost a few acquaintances to suicide and it's it was from a lack of them being comfortable to talk about it 100 mm. percent. and 
man, like I, I've said numerous times, this, this life is tough and you've mm. got to deal with a lot of vagueness and you've got to deal with the unknown and it's scary. And it's scary shit. Yeah. So be kind to the freaking people around you and check in on people around you. Eh? And be also and be able to talk out if you need help. Yeah, dude, sure. I've got no shame, man. Eh? Like, mm, I good. wish I wish <laughs> I could freaking cry more, man. Like, yeah. I can't because I'm on these antidepressants. Hopefully, I come off this medication and I just cry for like a week straight. <laughs> Shit. Like, I struggle with crying. I, I think I cried. Have like, a big weekend. You're I have struggled. The Sundays at a movie. Dude, I, I, I have a very close friend um, who I cried in front of. And she's, she's an amazing person. But... She was the first person I've cried in front of, or the first time I've cried in like two, no, like three years there. Eh? Nice. And it was the biggest release. And dude, it doesn't matter. You can be the most alpha male ever. You can be a successful businessman. You can train like a savage, but don't push the shit under the rug eh? mm, For sure. Seriously, don't. Yeah, men's health and like, Yeah, and, and just, dude, we all going to go through shit in life. Eh? Mm. And we all got to stick together and persevere. Persevere and train like a savage. Yeah. <laughs> Join the DC team, Precision Rock. Damn right, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I was love go, it. I was going to for Emirates today. All I do is get back on the bike with the boys. Dude, I freaking love it. Eh? Yeah, I uh, generally ask uh, the guest to say a couple of words before going into the weekend on a Thursday because generally when the pod comes up, but I think you've kind of nailed it. Yeah, already. Couple, a couple, yeah. A couple whole, of sentences ago. Pod, yeah. But if you do want to share just one more word for, for any guest, maybe that's going through something or... Yo, dude. Um... Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I put this stuff out on my Instagram all the time, man. Like, call me if you need me. Eh? Nice. I might not even know you, but just never feel afraid to contact me. Um, this, like I've said, the, this life is, it's challenging enough. And I think we should all smile a bit more. We should all be a bit more grateful. Not chase the material things all the time and just you know, be, be kind, uh, mm. definitely. Nice. Love that. Nice. Love it. And smash life. Really. <laughs> we, we're capable of so much. Yeah, so just freaking do it. There you have it. There Thanks have guys. It, guys. Thanks for listening. Another episode yeah, in the books. Cheers, Thanks so much for coming. That was yeah, a beautiful yeah, message. Thanks, so yeah. Thanks for opening up. I, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. I think that's going to touch a lot of hearts. So. Thanks. Man. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you guys we'll next week. Next time. Cheers. What a bugger.